Well, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Mayflower Congregational Church. We're so happy you're here with us, whether you're here in the sanctuary or everybody can wave. All of our friends who are watching us via live stream, we hope you feel especially welcome. And there is a friendship register we would love for you to sign so we know who's worshiping with us today. If you're on the aisle and you can find that and pass it along, that would be super helpful. There are also prayer cards in the pew racks if you have a prayer, a prayer request or a praise or something you want to share with us for prayer this morning or for our weekly email prayer list. Please fill in those cards and they'll be collected during our middle hymn. There are mugs in the atrium, very special mugs in the atrium. If you would like to take home the Joel Tannis mural that's in our hallway, you can do so with a mug. All the supplies we have left are out in the atrium, so grab one if you still want one. And art camp for everybody that's a fifth grade or younger is happening in June, so please share that information with all the little ones in your world and make sure they get registered quickly. And this afternoon here in the sanctuary, there's going to be a very special concert at 3 p.m. The Grand Rapids Choir of Men and Boys is concluding their 32nd season, and they're going to have a concert here at 3, so you are all welcome to come. But if you're not going to do that or you want to stay all afternoon at 5 o'clock, there's another party in the parking lot, a big barbecue for the 29 Up group and midweek families, and I'm sure all of you are welcome if you want to come hang out in the church parking lot. If you want to be here all day, we just line them up. Just line it up. Um, next weekend in our parking lot, all kinds of things happening in the parking lot. Next weekend, Mel Trotter is going to bring a truck, and they're going to be collecting donations of things like household items, furniture, things that don't fit in our Mel Trotter bin, which I hope you've seen in the middle parking lot. That's a collecting spot for um, clothes and shoes and things like that. Larger items. Apparently, we are just a boon for them because that bin is filled up all the time. So they're bringing a truck. So next weekend, if you've got a pile of things to give away, please bring them here to the church. Well, June 5th is a very special day, as it is our annual meeting. So our moderator, Susan Jones, is here to tell us more about it. Thank you. Thank you, Ruth. Good morning, everyone. In two weeks, we will have our annual meeting on June 5th, and people have been congratulating me that my term as moderator is over. Well, I've got two more weeks, so let's just hope nothing (laughs) monumental happens. I think we're in very good hands. Um, At our annual meeting, we will have a financial review. We'll talk about the accomplishments of this year. And we will present the leadership slate for the coming year with David Baker as moderator. So I hope you all can attend. It will take place right after the worship service. Thank you. The hymns we're singing today all fit with the message, uh, Jesus' parting words, go and make disciples. So that's why we're singing, or for a thousand tongues to sing, and uh, go, um, I love to tell the story, and um, Lord speak to me so I may speak. The choir anthem um, doesn't follow this path. Uh, It was picked because we're working on uh, including some of the choir favorites as we wind down our season. But also Scott and I sat down a few weeks ago and said we need more music about peace during these turbulent times in our world. Um, And the words to this uh, anthem, they're in your hymnal, but they're also in your uh, bulletin. They were uh, written by Horatio Stapford. He was a businessman in Chicago, and he lost all of what he had in the Great Chicago Fire of 1871, and shortly thereafter um, uh, lost a son. And then while traveling to Europe in 1873, four of his daughters died when their ship sank. So in the midst of all of these tragedies in his life, he sat down and penned these wonderful words of hope. So as you look at that text, um, 
the fact that he wrote them after after uh, the ship sank, seeing those water images seemed to make even more sense. Peace like a river, and when sorrows like sea bellows roll. But he takes that and turns it and says, it is well, it is well with my soul. Uh, the somber and peaceful music was written by a family friend, Philip Bliss, and the name of the melody, Ville du Havre, is named after the ship that sank. So it's, these are words that begin with loss but end with hope. If you'll please turn to page two in your bulletin for the call to worship. We are called into the church to accept the cost and joy of discipleship. To share in Christ's baptism and eat at his table. Beloved, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Come, let us worship. Let us pray together. Holy One, it is with great joy we celebrate your presence with us this morning. Thank you for spring and the reminder of new life, growth, and promise for the future. May we be the kind of disciples who actively pursue our own growth in order to be people of both hope and healing. Help us to bring your kingdom to earth. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
I'd like to invite all the children worshiping with us to come forward for the children's message. Good morning, everyone. So this may not surprise you, but back when I was in high school, when I went to church, our high school youth group got to do the Sunday service. And guess what I did for the Sunday service back when I was in high school? I gave the children's message. Yeah. And so I actually gave this exact same children's message back when I was 17 years old. And it's such a good one that it works today. All right? So here I have a tube of toothpaste. And I need a volunteer. All right. You, can you squirt a little bit onto the plate, please? Just a big squirt. Oh, that was very good. All right. Pass it to your sister. All right. I need another big squirt. All right, Claire, you want to squirt some toothpaste? All right. Oh, it's smelling so minty up here. All right, who else wants to give a big squirt? You want to do it? All right, give me a big squirt of toothpaste. Oh, that was a really good one. All right, now I need a volunteer to either use a spoon or a knife, and I need you to put the toothpaste back in. It's not working, is it? Marco, do you want... Oh, you're going to try more? Okay. Oh, you're very good with your hand-eye coordination. (laughs) Ooh, you actually got some back in. All right, you got a little bit in, Marco. You want to try? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can totally try. Here you go. All right. Can you put some toothpaste back in? Oh, we got a little bit. Doesn't seem to want to go back in. You can't do it, Marco. That's so right, because this represents our words. So often, we easily squeeze out and we say things, don't we? And then sometimes, once those words are out there, we're very sorry we said them. And so we want to try to take them back, and we say things like, oh, I was just kidding, or I didn't really mean that, but the words are still there. And so next time we're thinking, I know it smells minty, next time we're thinking of saying something unkind, I want you guys to think of the toothpaste, and don't squirt out the unkind words. Just keep them inside so we don't hurt others' feelings. All right, will you pray with me, please? Lord, we are so thankful for this time together. We are so thankful for these children that are learning about you and following your way. May you help us to watch our words, that they may be filled with kindness and love. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, friends, I'm going to have everyone stand up. And we are going to go to Bible Beginnings and Bible Live with Mrs. Wiener and The Bridge with Mrs. Houlihan.
Today's scripture reading comes from Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. This is found on page 706 in your pew Bible, in case you would like to follow along. That's page 706 in the pew Bible. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some, some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, you go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Thanks be to God. Well, Rachel this morning has taught us, young and old, uh, about words. Once spoken, you can't take them back. You can't put them back in the toothpaste container. And some words that have been spoken are just powerful, lingering, life-changing words. On June 4, 1940, a squat elderly man, <clears throat> peering above his bifocals, addressed the British Parliament. It was a rousing speech, a great call to arms. And as he closed, Winston Churchill rose his voice dramatically and said, without, in a wonderful dialect that I cannot come close to repeating, said these lasting words. Even though large tracts of Europe and many old and famous states have fallen or may fall into the grip of the Gestapo and all the odious apparatus of Nazi rule, we shall not flag or fail. We shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and the ocean. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. And even, even if which I do not for a moment believe, this island or a large part of it were subjected and starving, then our empire beyond the seas, armed and guarded by the British fleet, would carry on the struggle until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might sets forth to rescue and the liberation of the old. Parliament rose and um, cheered madly to that speech. Great speeches have changed the course of history. Sadly, most of the great speeches of humankind have been spoken at the point of war, at the destruction or the elimination of a people and nation. But there was another, there was another challenging, life-changing, world-changing speech that was delivered in the spring of 30 A.D. in a land where they actually had spring. It was on a hilltop somewhere in the region called Galilee. And it's not a call to arms. It's not an appeal to destroy the enemy or another country or race but a call to take a message called gospel, good news, 
to every person in the world. So in these last weeks, with two more weeks to go beyond today, we are in a series of these parting words that Jesus spoke, lasting words, between the time of his resurrection and the time of his ascension into heaven. And perhaps none of these words is more significant than what's been called the Great Commission, which was read for us a moment ago. 2,000 years later, this call of Jesus has altered the course of history. It has gripped the hearts of millions, and it has opened up a massive worldwide effort to bring the good news of God's love, the story of Jesus' death for humankind, and the news that he has overcome death in resurrection life. Now, Jesus is going. He's going to ascend to the Father. He says, I'm going. Now you, you go out to this world. Now I want you to notice the all-encompassing nature of this great commission. All authority, all nations, all things, and all ways. Jesus says, all authority, not in Galilee or Palestine, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. When someone has authority, they are put in a position of command. So Jesus says, look. I'm going to give you a command, and you don't need to go get permission from the high priest or the pope or your neighbor or your government. On my authority, I send you. It leads me to think, you know, when people claim authority over our lives and our actions, we need to be careful. You and I are not called to follow an institution. We are to be Jesus followers. Our rules, our commands, are to come from Jesus, who has all authority. Recently, a book was published by a woman who teaches here in our city, in Grand Rapids. Quite an amazing book. She is a historian, primarily. And she looks at the scene of, uh, of our world and of the church having been raised in the church herself, she she writes, where the church of my youth has gone terribly far astray, it, it has bought into the systems of power. It has sacrificed its integrity in order to get close to wealth and political clout. But Jesus, who is always turning things upside down, He showed that at the very heart of his movement, what drove this vision was the divestment of power, the donning of the servant's garb, dying to self, and alive to God's purpose. She concludes, yet the last century biography that the church has written is a sad story of the abuse of power. We are Jesus' followers. He has been given all authority. Therefore, he now can make the call. And he sends them to all nations. The vision of Jesus is global. It is massive. It is all-inclusive. It is all the world. Now imagine being in that hilltop that spring in 30 A.D. I mean, it would be almost laughable. The text says that the 11 disciples were there, including Thomas and Stein. But I think there were more. There were, there were others. You know, looking out, I mean, you know, 
Maybe it was the size of our congregation today. Something like that, perhaps. But if we could examine that ragtag group that heard his words of that day, I mean, it was amazing. They, they lived in little fishing villages along the Sea of Galilee. Many of them didn't have a job because they'd been following this, this rabbi around for three years. They weren't formally educated. They had no political connections, no clout. And they're given this assignment to go to all the world everywhere with this gospel message. And they did. They went. You know, this this call, this vision of of what you can do, I, I love the way one of my favorite theologians, Dr. Seuss, expresses it. And, you know, he may not have had Jesus' commission in mind when he laid the whole world before our childlike ears. And perhaps this word would be better spoken last week at our graduation celebration, but not just for for everybody. He writes, Congratulations, today is your day. You're off to great places. You're off and away. You have brains in your head and have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. You're on your own, and you know what you know. And you are the guy who will decide where you go. Hmm. But when we hear Jesus' command to go to all, that includes all. Not to one nation. Not to one people over another, but to all, to everyone. Until you have that great picture in Revelation at the end, where there's this massive group of people that nobody can number from every tribe and every tongue and every people and every nation. They did go. The triune God is love. And God freely created the world as an outpouring of love. Creation is intensely diverse. And God loves everything in it. And everyone in it. So all authority, on the basis of all authority, you'd go to all nations. And you teach all things that I have commanded you. Jesus was, well, read the Gospels. He, if he got upset, it was that people who propped up guidelines and rules and laws for others to follow. He said to the Pharisees in Matthew 23, or he says, of the Pharisees, Do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, law after law, rule after rule, and they lay them on the shoulders of others but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. So Jesus said, you know, this all things, it can be boiled down to this. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. There's nothing there about subjugating or eliminating people like the Jews or the gypsies. There's nothing about go and enslave millions. There's nothing about go and colonize nation after nation after nation. It's therefore go and make disciples, followers, 
of the one who said, love one another as I have loved you. Make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey that new command, that love one another command. You know, everything I read about what's going on in our world today, in senses, especially in the church, there is lament that thousands upon thousands of young people are leaving the church. I, I think that I heard that back in the 60s when I started ministry, and we still hear it today. A highly respected Christian ethicist has written a bit about that. He said, many millions of young people got lost in a maze of Christian hypocrisy. They couldn't get past inerrancy, indifference to the environment, deterministic Calvinism, purity culture, divine violence, or the hallmark Christmas movie Jesus, or the rejection of gay people or male dominance, or racism, or God fully aligned with one political party. They couldn't get past all that, and they checked out. The all of their church was too much. Jesus' all is reduced to love. Just love one another as I have loved you. All authority, all nations, all things, and then always. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I want to take a deeper look at that next week. But just now to say that nowhere we go when we think of all the nations and all the world, we think of our community, our state, our country. Nowhere we go, no trial that we endure, no opportunity that we face, no hurting heart that we encounter, that Jesus Christ is not there in all his love, and his life. So church, the parting words of Jesus that have lingered through the centuries still command the attention of Jesus' followers. For he has all authority. He commands us to go to all people, all nations, that they might observe his all his love, and he is with us always. Amen. In the offering anthem we are about to hear, there is a line that says, Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. To give, whether we have very much or very little, is what we were taught to do because God gives to us and we are creating God's image. So whatever your lot is today, as you give to our morning offering, be blessed and may it be well with your soul.
Lord, we are thankful for all that you give us, for the joys and the sorrows, for the new and the old. May our offering today grow in ways that show your love and care for all people. May we live our lives as an offering to you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Will you please join your hearts with mine for this morning's congregational prayer? Oh, Holy One, my heart is full. I'm thinking of toothpaste tubes and discipleship and loving one another and somehow circling it all back around to it being well with my soul. Lord, so many of us are reading and watching the news and we're looking around us at a world that is so hurting. And we're challenged. We're challenged to to truly say it's well in our soul. When we think of what's happening around the world, particularly we lift up the people of Ukraine, people who've lost everything. They're not the only ones in Ukraine who've lost everything. Certainly other people have all over the world. And Lord, we just say, why? Why? And last week in Buffalo, New York, something absolutely terrible happened. That there are these crazy, evil ideas and theories that are circulating and people are just feeding on this kind of poison. It's made its way into the mainstream media, these ideas that somehow certain people are created in your image and others are not. And we know that is a lie from the pit of hell. And, Lord, as we grow as disciples and we're challenged to love one another, help us to be people of justice who speak out against things like that. And the families in Buffalo have lost their loved ones, a community that's just shaken by these racist ideas and theories and violence. Lord, let us be people of peace, people of justice, people who live lives that are different. And, Lord, also in the news this week, All of the challenges of overdose deaths and children who are struggling at a massive rate with mental health issues. Oh, we're still coming back to it's well with our soul. But that unrest and that fear and the pain that so many carry. Lord, we know that this morning, walking through our doors, there are people who are struggling with loss and grief and illness. Lord, I just pray for your hand of comfort your arms of peace to wrap around those who are struggling. I specifically want to lift up the Pelfrin family who lost their baby son Noah seven years ago today. Whether it's current loss or we're reminded of loss, Lord, sometimes we just struggle to say it's okay and it's well with our soul. So meet us in those tender places. Create space in our hearts where we can welcome your peace and your love and it can fill those voids that just feel so deep. And as we pray for the Pelfrin family, that you bring them comfort at this time, we also pray for their transition as this summer they're moving back to France. Thank you for Excel and how she has blessed us for nine years in our choir. We pray for that family as they're selling their house and they're moving back to be with loved ones, but of course they're going to be missing their loved ones here. And Lord, we acknowledge that transition is hard. Change can be very hard, even the best change. So we lift up our church family that's going through change this spring and this summer as we welcome a new leader. Those of us who are retiring, this is a season of transition and change. And, Lord, we know it's good and it's for the best, but it's hard. So meet us in those tender places and show us your path for the future. Order our steps. And, Lord, we ask a special blessing on Pastor Sean and his family as they're wrapping up their time in China. They're so excited to come here. Lord, we just pray for your hand of blessing on them, that all the details go without hitch, that they arrive in Grand Rapids ready for this new season of ministry, and that they are welcomed with such overwhelming love in this community. Lord, we pray for peace. As we seek to say it's well in our soul, we're really saying bring your divine peace. Fill us with it. 
And as we sing the song response this morning, we're saying, come and fill us with your peace. And now we join our hearts and our voices together to pray the prayer that Jesus taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So, people of God, go. Tell that story. Bring good news everywhere. Include everyone. Go to this hurting and warring world. And he goes with you always. Amen.